Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm back, baby. baby. Back now to more of the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to talk all things dirty birds. It's Falcons Flyover. <laughs> John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you on this Friday evening. 404-726-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. We will talk to uh, D. Orlando Ledbetter coming up in about 20 minutes from right now. So he did text us back and uh, he was, uh, what was he, at a dinner, you know, busy and all that good kind of stuff. So we will talk to him coming up at uh, 820. Nine o'clock, we'll talk to uh, Matt Michelle, uh, national college football writer for the Orlando Sentinel. He'll come up at uh, nine o'clock. We'll talk to D Led here in about 20 minutes. This course, you look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So, Pro Football Focus had their three players to build around for every NFC team. So, for instance, the Cardinals had Kyler Murray, uh, Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle. And safety, Buda Baker. Now, <laughs> they may want to build around Buda Baker, but I don't know if Buda Baker wants to build around them. Um, but anyway, that's a, a whole other uh, thing. Uh, for the Panthers, they have Bryce Young, Brian Burns, and Derek Brown. Now, just craps and giggles, okay? Just let me ask you, Dom. Like, okay, Bryce Young, edge player, uh, Brian Burns, Defensive uh, lineman Derek Brown. What what's the furthest any of those guys stand from the football? Oh, they're all pretty close. Okay, all, all right. pretty close. All right, let's go to um, let's go to the New Orleans Saints. Um, Chris Olave, Ryan Ramzik, Marshawn Lattimore. How many guys stand close to the football? On whatever side of the ball you're on, like how many how many guys how many guys of Chris Olave at wide receiver, cornerback uh, Marshawn Lattimore, mm-hmm. and offensive tackle Ryan Ramzik, do they have any guys that stand close to the football? Outside of Ryan, those other two not not, not okay. so close. So, but they have one. They got one. Okay. Yeah, they got one. All right, all right. Tampa, um, Tristan Wirfs, Vita Vea. Chris Godwin. That's two. Okay. All right. All right. Who do you think they have for the Falcons? I'm going to assume Kyle Pitts has to be one of them. Okay. I would assume A.J. Terrell. Mm-hmm. 
stay your wide receiver. I was going to say, is it Drake London? So, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, A.J. Terrell. Hmm. How close to the football do any of those guys play? <laughs> They're all pretty far away from oh, the ball okay. to start. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, here's what they write up. Atlanta's overhauled roster is not chock full of young talent, but their back-to-back top ten picks at pass catcher need to be the focal point of the passing attack going forward. What passing attack? Again, how, how much are we going to throw it, folks? We're quick to forget that Kyle Pitts became only the second tight end in NFL history with 1,000 receiving yards as a rookie. Yes, 1,026 yards and two touchdowns. How many games did they win that? Dom, ask me how many games they won. How many games Seven. did they win? Mm. Um, entering year three, he's still a full, a full year younger than first-round draft, uh, first-round uh, Dalton Kincaid. I don't care about Dalton Kincaid. I care about being <laughs> yeah. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Okay? Exactly. Uh, again, that that that's the last guy I'm worried about, Dalton Kincaid. That's a stupid comparison. Uh, but they love Kyle Pitts. I mean, they love them some Kyle Pitts. London had a similarly impressive rookie campaign with his 85.3 receiving grade, uh, the 10th best among all wide receivers on the season. The two, these two, uh, these two big-bodied long striders are a great foundation to add uh, uh, to add receiving options with diverse skills around. Terrell had a down season in 2022, but he's already proven to be one of the best young corners in the NFL. 85.6 coverage grade in 2021, ranked second in the NFL at the position, only behind Jalen Ramsey. With a vastly improved defensive line playing in front of him, expect a bounce-back year from A.J. Terrell. And I truly believe that you don't generate sacks because you have good secondary play. Either your guys can get home or you can't get home. That's yeah. simple. Yeah, I was going to say it's very rare that, you know, sometimes you hear that, oh, that was a coverage sack. Mm-hmm. Those happen, but think about how often you hear that actually oh, said yeah. during a game. Well, here again, though. Okay, th- this is this is how I've explained it. And and let's give you a uh, and let's give you a little edumacation on all this, okay? It's not 1978 anymore, okay, where you have two wide receivers, maybe a tight end, or maybe a running back out in the flat, okay? That's how football was played back then, okay? Now you have four, five, six guys that run all around on the field, and, and, they, and they all can't get covered. You're not going to be able to cover everybody. So, again... I don't care how good your secondary is. In today's modern NFL, you have so many guys that are running around in patterns, so many guys in all different parts of the field that are trying to get open to catch passes because the league throws it every down, right? And so when you have that, you can't cover. You don't have six great starting corners on a team. It's not how it works. Somebody's going to be open. Now, you may not have a quarterback that's worth a crap to deliver the football, but somebody's always going to be open. And if you can't get to the quarter other team's quarterback in a shortened amount of time, again, we've seen bum quarterbacks pick us apart. We've seen that. We, we've seen less than stellar quarterbacks. We saw Taylor Heineke pick us apart. We, we've seen less than quarterbacks pick us all apart. If you can't get home with your front four, seven, whatever, you know, the idea of coverage sacks is just its just kind of ridiculous. Um, so, again, I, the only thing I'll say is there's not an impact player. When you talk about Pitts, London, Terrell, 
got no problem with those guys, and I want to build around those guys. I want, I want A.J. Terrell on this football team. I want Pitts and Lennon on this football team. But it is telling that we don't have a guy that is a line-of-scrimmage player that we don't necessarily build around. If you look at the advanced – the more you look at the advanced analytics, the more you see how valuable sacks are. And this <sighs> – Can I hear that again? Of course. Of course. One if more you look time. at the uh-huh. advanced the more you look at the advanced analytics, uh-huh. the more you see how valuable sacks are. Okay. Um Four Falcons who may be on the roster bubble uh, on offense. And this is kind of an interesting list, um, you know, just looking at uh, looking at a couple of these guys on here. Um, Keith Smith is a guy who uh, – this is from the Falcoholic. Felipe Franks. Can I tell you – can I just be honest? Okay. What's the point of keeping Felipe Franks on this roster? Like, what's the point? Yeah. What, what exactly does he do? <laughs> He's like he was a quarterback than, at first, and then again, as the movie, tight end. Right, as the movie said, less than zero. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that that's no surprise. Keith Smith might be a little bit of a surprise. Frank Darby. Okay. Can I tell you that since Frank Darby was drafted, what in the seventh round? Okay. This has become folklore. This has become Paul Bunyan. Again, I keep hearing about, well, Frank Darby can do. Frank Darby, he's, Frank Darby has, are you ready? Are are, are you sitting down? He has two catches in two years. Two. This guy, they talk about this guy like he's Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, Darby's a speed guy. Darby can do this. Well, where does it start showing? We talk about wanting more wide receivers. Okay. This guy who's caught two passes in two years. He's caught two more than I have. Can we stop with the Frank Darby talk? Can we stop? Oh, he could be a weapon. He could be... Where? When? For what team? In the USFL? For the XFL? And then they have Jalen Mayfield. I, I'll tell you. I mean, if Jalen Mayfield isn't doesn't look competent, he's getting cut. Why would you hang on to Jalen Mayfield? For what reason? Because you drafted him? If he stinks, he stinks. I'm not mad at him if he stinks. I mean... It is what it is. He stinks. He stinks. Cut bait. Give that roster spot to some. Again, if I can improve the 53rd man on my roster, I improve the 53rd man on my roster. Was Bill Parcells a good coach? Yeah. Did he win in the league? Yeah. Does he know a thing or two about football? Just a little bit. Play that Josh Kendall football. Just, let me hear that. Just if you look at the huh? advanced right. the more you look at the advanced right. analytics, right. the more you see how valuable sacks are.
<sighs> All right, Jerry Gray talking about some of the members of his uh, secondary on Jesse Bates. Quote, he's a good football player, and you look at him, and he's made a lot of plays within Cincinnati's defense, a defense that was really good. We need a guy like him. I love his leadership. I love the way he plays on the football field, and you talk to him, and you uh, see the same thing. He's always talking about game planning, doing this, getting guys together, being together. That's critical when you're in the NFL. A lot of guys, they don't see, uh, they don't understand that extra time that you need to be really good, and you could see it. They were really good on defense on Cincinnati, and we want guys like that. Could they sack the quarterback? Say yes. Yeah, they could. Oh, okay. Did they have did they have a fire breather coming off the edge? Yeah, they, yes. they, yeah, they yeah. had a couple guys. Yeah. Did they did they have a guy that set their franchise record for sacks the year they went to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Play that Josh Kendall clip one more time. Let's make sure I heard, I let me make sure I heard it right. What he well, said. If you look at the advanced uh-huh. analytics, the more you look at the advanced analytics, uh-huh. the more you see how valuable sacks are. On uh, A.J. Terrell, Jeff, uh, Jeff Okuda pairing. Number one, you have two first-round draft picks. They were really good in college. The thing uh, is that A.J. did a great job in his second year going and being an all-pro. Now we have to get Jeff to do the same thing and uh, that, that he did when he was at Ohio State. You have two competitors, and you know they can compete because they wouldn't get drafted in the first round. You have great skills. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gotten drafted in the first round. Now we have to blend those two guys together. I agree. I, again, I Whatever, I'll be honest with you, whatever Jerry Gray says is gospel in my book. And let those guys use what they, uh, you, uh, sorry, and let those guys see that when you have two great players on opposite sides, now they can't just target one guy. That's what we're trying to do. Get them to understand if you've got, a, uh, you've got good football players on this team and learned uh, to compete at a high level now, when we go on Sunday, the job isn't going to be easier, but you have a better chance of winning that game. Um, on uh, how Jesse Bates makes people around him better, number one, he did his job, but also communicated. He's talking. He's doing things that you see on film, and you're wondering, okay, how'd they do that? Because you know that is it's not always coaching. Trust me. It's a little bit past that. And I understand that when guys on the football field can take something from the meeting and say, hey, guys, uh, Richie, Hawk, we're going to do this. This is how we're going to get it done. Let's go make sure the coaches understand this is how we see it, and now we're going to take it to the field. Then on Sunday, they do exactly what they say they're going to do. That's when you're going to get more trust, and that's when you're going to – or sorry, that's when they're going to make some plays, and you're going to – get more trust out of coaches. But the thing is that when you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, you get less trust. That's the thing we're looking for, and we want them to bring here. Interesting stuff. That's the, I, I'm telling you, that's the best move that they made in the offseason is getting Jerry Gray in here. I think it'll pay big dividends for this defense, for this secondary especially. All right, D-Led going to join us. Chuck Rinnakia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app.
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Are you ready? Back with more John. It's the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Key Studios. Friday night with you. 404-726-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, Falcons less than two weeks away from the start of training camp. We will obviously be large and in charge out there. We'll have all kinds of camp coverage for you. Uh, what, what do they call them? The morning shaft. Uh, they'll be out there. Uh, Andy and Randy will be out there. Chuck House. What, what is that called? What's that show called? Steakhouse. Chuck House. All right. So they'll be out there. Um, as well. So we'll have everybody out there. Dukes and Bell, they'll be hanging out at uh, the Hooters up there by the uh, Mall of Georgia where they were last year. They had a good time up there last year. And where, where will we be? Oh, sorry, we're in studio. Okay. All right. Well, listen, this guy will be out there at the training camp. Head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy D. Orlando Ledbetter. He, of course, the Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work. Follow him on Twitter at AJC. D-Led, as always, buddy, appreciate it. And, um, you know, I guess we're less than two weeks away from it all getting cranked back up. Yeah, no question about it, John. We started in our, uh, our eight-part position-by-position series on uh, on Sunday. It's online right now. We talked to B. John Robinson last week to kind of get a, a feel for his mind space as he heads into the season. That's a pretty big one. Uh, we'll slide on through the um, offense and defense and then wrap up with the quarterbacks here as we get ready for training camp 2023. So let me ask you about Kyle Pitts. Obviously, you know, he's not going to play in the preseason. We heard Arthur Smith talk a few weeks ago about the idea of that they expect everybody to be ready for week number one, and that was implied to be Kyle Pitts as well. What has he been doing as far as, is he rehabbing yet? Is he running yet? Like, what's kind of his 
game plan for what you know this the this part of the off season leading into week one is going to be. Yeah, it'll be more of an ease back in. You know, uh, Tyquan Graham suffered a uh, similar knee injury, but he's back out there. Kyle Pitts uh, taking another approach here. Uh, we haven't seen him, so we don't know. We do know the quarterback has lamented that he hasn't been able to get that connection started with him. So, you know, he would like to have been uh, putting some task on uh, time on task with Kyle. Uh, so we're expecting that he's going to be full go. We'll take the coach at his word, and, um, you know, we'll report on it from there. You know, d I think one of the false narratives that a lot of the national media has put out is this idea of, well, we need more pass catchers. And when I look at Robinson, Algier, Johnu Smith, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Scotty Miller, you know, again, when I look at all of the guys that can catch the football – for an offense that is not going to be a huck-it-all-around type of offense, do you think we need more pass catchers on this roster? Or, you know, do you think we have enough guys at enough different positions that we can catch the football? Um, I don't. I agree with that. Uh, I mean, but I'm used to Roddy White and Julio Jones being right. out there. You know, that's what I – you know, you got two top high-level guys. I only see one high-level guy. Uh, maybe two, and they're both uh, in their second and um, uh, third years. So I don't know if, if Drake London can continue to do that and if Kyle Pitts was a fluke. Um, I mean, Scotty Miller's been a part-time player. Mac Howell's been a part-time player. Clarell Hodge's been a special teamer. Um, you know, you're trying to find some guys to, to uh, you know, that when you do throw the ball, you want them to be able to catch it and know they're going to be able to do some damage with it. And I don't see – uh, a lot of those guys on the roster right now. D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. So how much do you think – I know Matt Hennessy was taking the first rep in, in their OTAs and mandatory mini camps or what have you. Um, what do you think the plan is for Bergeron? Do they work him in slowly to see how he adjusts to playing guard or – do you think that they throw him right to the wolves and and just, you know, see if he can handle the job and, and potentially win this starting job? Yeah, I think they uh, are going to go slow with him. Uh, it is a conversion. They've tried the conversion before. It didn't work with Jalen Mayfield. And I uh, just talked to Jake Matthews about it, and he said, hey, if the guy's out there and he's messed up, we're all messed up. So Hennessy's got a floor for him. Uh, for them to set set until Bergeron's ready to go. Now, um, you know, they tried to do the Dahlman-Hennessy uh, rotation as a, at center as a rookie. So I could see them trying to work Bergeron in over time. But, uh, yeah, they got a floor. They got the benefit of Hennessy, and they're going to probably take advantage of it until they can get this kid ready to play. So is there any competition at center for Drew Dolman, or, I mean, is it just, you know, put in ink that he's going to be our starting center come this year? Yeah, I don't see any competition on the roster. Um, he's a guy they like, and uh, he's a guy that they uh, they got to believe he can get better than what he did last year. Um, he's a technician. Uh, he's not going to um, uh, line up and, uh, you know, just drive people 10 yeah. yards down the field. So uh, that's the way they've elected to go at that position. And, um, you know, with Coach being a former offensive lineman, 
kind of got to go with his judgment on that. So do you see Jalen Mayfield making this team? I mean, can he do enough to instill confidence back on this roster? Do they move him back to guard? Like, what do you think the prognosis is for Jalen Mayfield on this team? Um, not not very good uh, if you just do it from a football perspective, but we know that people don't want to cut their draft picks. And uh, he was one of their draft picks and a third-round pick. Uh, they moved him back to tackle because they said, hey, um, if you're not going to start, you got to be able to play a couple different spots. So is he going to be the best swing tackle or the best swing guard tackle, uh, you know, on the second line? And, um, you know, that, that's a, there's a lot of bodies in that group that he's going to have to fight through to earn that uh, eighth or ninth spot because you only get eight on game day and only ten for the roster. So uh, he could probably make the team, but probably maybe not the game day roster. Let's uh, switch over to the defensive side of the football. You know, Lorenzo Carter was a guy who I think when you look, I, I want to say it was about 75% of the snaps that he played on defense last year. He, he played a high percentage um, when you look at his overall snap count. Do you think that that stays the same, or is that going to be something that, that you know, drops as Ebicady and Caden Ellis and some of these guys – you know, obviously start playing more on this defense. Yeah, I think it will. Um, you know, that, that they got a floor there again with him. Uh, they know what Lorenzo can do while they're trying to develop these other guys and bring them along and unleash them, uh, hopefully, so they can uh, uh, get themselves a pass rush here. But, yeah, I think it's the same thing where you, you get a chance to, you know, go out and play with a pro. And if somebody beats him out, then you, you put him in there and go from there. What do you think the expectation for Jesse Bates should be? I mean, should should this be a guy? And I know, look, he's been a second-team All-Pro a few years ago with Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, grades out as one of the better safeties in the NFL. But, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, d -Led. I mean, if, if he's not, you know, for what they paid, if he's not a – second team kind of all pro caliber player. I, I have my questions about, you know, okay, why did we spend $64 million on a safety if we can't get to the quarterback? Yeah, I expect him to show up at the ball 15, to, uh, at least 10 to 15 times a game, uh, you know, whether it's uh, coming up in the run game or tracking stuff down from a, a single high safety position. He's a ball hawk, and that's what I expect him to do. Uh, and if you got a safety like that that's closing down plays and taking care of the deep stuff, uh, that makes your defense a whole lot better. You just need a certainly a pass rush will help him out. But I mean, if he's back there for ten seconds, he ain't gonna uh, you know ain't gonna be too much he can do. But if they can cut that down and get to the quarterback, and uh, I just expect to see him when I watch the Falcons. If the ball gets out, I expect to see him showing up at the ball. So, D-Led, what then becomes of Jalen Hawkins, Richie Grant? I mean, what what do you think the role ends up being? Do they kind of split time? Does Richie Grant secure that safety spot and Jalen Hawkins kind of works himself in? Like, what do you think the two young safeties' role now is with a Jesse Bates, who's kind of the, the clear leader now of, you know, of that defensive, you know, safety spot? 
Yeah, that's going to give you some options on third down. I'm, I'm expecting Richie to take it over on first and second. Then on third down, hey, you can put Richie at, at a big nickel and put Jalen in there at the other safety spot, either send Richie or have him cover a bigger receiver or a tight end. Uh, you got some interchangeable parts to play a big uh, nickel three safety package with now um, with, with Hawkins and Grant. Or, you know, go smaller nickel package if the slot receiver is a little guy. Um, you know, I know if you're playing Tampa Bay, you're going to want a bigger guy on Goodwin who's killed a lot of people and them in the past. But you get the little fast, speedy slot guy, then, you know, maybe Clark Phillips or Mikey Hayes is your nickel. You got some options now um, with the addition of Bates, which is safety uh, rotation. And you got to find you a smaller nickelback, too, um, for Mikey Hughes or Clark Phillips or somebody that can cover the little fast guys on the crossing routes and so forth. So um, the new coaches got some options, and, you know, that's a good thing. So is, is a guy like Clark Phillips a guy that you think can start right away if he needs to? I'm not saying that he starts 17 games or anything like that, but but you can work him into the starting lineup. I mean, is he a guy that – you think can be a starter for this team potentially as, as we move through the season? Um, I think he's a nickelback. I don't think he's the outside starter. Uh, the, what I saw him being real physical, coming up and tackling people, keeping stuff in front of him. Uh, I, I don't believe he um, can turn and run with the faster receivers in the league. That's why he lasted to the fourth round. But certainly he's a football player to play in tight spaces. So, um, that's how I have him rated. If they start him at corner, they're going to be playing a whole lot of zone. What about uh, former first-round pick Mike Hughes? How does he fit into this? Does he kind of become your starting nickel corner, or you know, what do you see his role being? Yeah, depth nickel corner. I think they want Phillips to beat him out. Uh, Hughes has not been able to maintain a starting spot in three different places. So, you know, for all of a sudden to think he's going to come in and be Deion Sanders, not really fair. Uh, but he is a pro with good speed and um, uh, intangibles. He has played in some games. Uh, but, yeah, if you're counting on him to be a, a starter-level guy, uh, you know, you kind of already seen that. Last question for you, D-Led. Who do you think ends up winning the punt return job when all is said and done? Is that going to be one of those things that – there's going to be a lot of competition for that with obviously Avery Williams out for the year. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Josh Ali is a guy to keep your eye on. Uh, D. Alford was mentioned. Uh, and I really, um, you know, haven't studied it much past that. Uh, but they had a lot of people back there taking punts. Even Bijan was taking some punts. Uh, during OTAs. I definitely don't expect to see that. But, uh, um, yeah, Josh Allen's the dark horse for me, uh, D. Alford, and uh, we'll get into camp and see, uh, you know, who's all back there on the first few days and so forth to, to see who's going to take over for Avery Williams at the punt returner job. Um, I, I said last question, but I want to ask about, you know, Cordell will obviously, uh, Cordell Patterson will obviously return kicks. Um, you know, he's, I don't think he's ever kind of, I think he's had maybe like one or two punt returns in his NFL career. Would there be any thought about putting him back there as a punt returner? No, I don't think, um, yeah, I think he's a straight kickoff guy. Uh, they haven't, uh, I think he might've returned some as a, a rookie in Minnesota, but, um, yeah, I don't see that being a, a thing for them to do. 
But, um, you know, we got to kind of leave it as an open space for now on uh, somebody that's, uh, you know, could make a contribution and find them a, a spot to the roster via the punt return position. Well, that, that will be an interesting battle because I don't know that there's a, a great solution uh, to that past uh, Avery Williams. So, D. Orlando Ledbetter, you can check out all of his work at AJC.com. He is the Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Check him out on his Twitter page, at D. Orlando AJC. And join me on the WadeFord.com hotline. D Let, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes. We will chat again soon. Sure, no problem, John. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> D Let is such an enthusiastic guy. I love D Let. I, I do. I, I I like I like sitting down and talking with D Let. Like I've had a chance to just kind of sit with him and talk football and just kind of talk to him and just love D Let. He is the, you know, he's He's like the godfather, right? I mean, yes. he's, he's kind of like the godfather for everything. So, All right, speaking of the godfathers, uh, we'll come back and we'll get to What's Bugging Chuckery here in a few minutes. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more of the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the key studios with you on this Friday evening. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line. Uh, Braves continue to lead here 4 to nothing as uh, they are in the... Uh, fifth inning uh, right now. So, uh, and believe it or not, uh, Tuki Toussaint is uh, pitching for the Chicago White Sox, former, former, well, former Arizona Diamondback and then Atlanta Brave. Um, So Tuki Toussaint getting a chance to throw some relief here against, excuse me, the uh, Atlanta Brave. So Brave still up four to nothing here as this should be a, a clean sweep. Um, how the Phillies doing? Oh, they're down eight to one. Oh, okay, to the San Diego Padres. Well, the Orioles are sorry. The Marlins should be doing good. Oh, yeah, they're they're down one nothing already. So, what about the Mutts? You know, they they're coming. To, oh, yeah, they're down three nothing to the Dodgers. So look look at who these look at who these three teams are playing in the division. And this is another thing that when you look at level of competition as far as remaining schedule, okay. So the Braves are starting off with the White Sox, who stink, okay? You got the Padres, who still feel like that they're in the playoff hunt with one of the most high-priced rosters in Major League Baseball. The Marlins are playing the Orioles. They've been one of the best teams in all of Major League Baseball, one of the great stories in baseball this year. And the Mutts are taking on the Dodgers, who they're only 51-38 and 38 themselves. So, again, and, and by the way, that game is in 
what do they call that? It's not Shea anymore. What is it, City Field? It, it, isn't it called City Field I right so. now? Yeah, yeah. I, think it, I think that's where the mutts uh, play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they should call it Field. <laughs> if we were on a podcast, I would have said the whole thing yeah. out there. Fill they, in the blank. Yeah. So, um, so that's another thing, too, to look at. Okay, the Dodgers, Padres, and Orioles are taking on the other teams in this division while we've got the suckwad Chicago White Sox. Again, things things line up so well for the Atlanta Braves. There's so many things that line up so well for the Braves with how good they've played, the schedule. We talked about, you know, again, they ran a pretty good gauntlet in the first part of the year. Like they had, especially in April and May, they had a pretty good gauntlet of games. They were taking on the Dodgers and Padres and some of these teams. And obviously the Texas Rangers, that was a team that they played in the first half of this year, right? So again, the schedule starts lightening up. And I think I heard Grant McCulley talk about the idea that I think they have I want to say it's the eighth easiest schedule in the second half of the year based upon the teams that they play. And, look, it also is the fact that the Mutts and Marlins and Phillies can't beat the Braves head-to-head. So besides the idea of them picking up a whole bunch of games playing some of these Jabron teams, the Mutts, Phillies, and Marlins can't beat the Braves head-to-head. And if you can't beat those teams, if you can't beat the Braves head-to-head, you're not going to be around in the division very long, which is where they're at now. That's why the division's over, right? Remember we talked about trying to get hot takey? Yeah. You know, again, we said this weeks ago, and unfortunately, you know, again, we said this, I said this at least three weeks ago, that the division was over, and I proclaimed it. And unfortunately, it's coming true, right? <laughs> I mean, I say that. I, I, I'm tongue-in-cheek, but again, it, it's now it's getting even worse, now, now, now is it not only over, it's been over, and it, and it looks even worse now. Yeah. So I couldn't even get hot takey. Like, I couldn't even. You're too I good at even, this, John. I couldn't even throw out my hot takiness like Tommy, <laughs> you know, and I, I was like, oh, I'm proven right again. Yeah, that's it. You know too much. You know, like, hey, I'm going to proclaim the division over just like Sal Lipskitz, and, you know, I'm going to proclaim it over, and it's going to be done. And then the Braves are just, you know, 40 games out of, you know, above in first place, and it's like, oh, man, I was right again. <laughs> I hate being right all the time. Yeah, it's just, you know. It's no it's, fun. It's a burden I carry around <laughs> with me. So, Anyway, um, but Brazer, Brazer up 4 to nothing though, right now. This will be probably a, a coast. But good to see Tuki Toussaint getting, um, getting some action here for the, uh, for the White Sox. So, and um, kind of keeping the, uh, the Braves at bay um, thus far after their starting pitcher, was uh, was knocked out in the uh, in the first inning. He um, um, Kopech lasted two thirds of an inning with one hit and four earned runs and four walks. How about this line? Okay, two thirds of an inning, a hit, four earned runs, four walks, no strikeouts, and a home run given up, which was a grand salami. Four walks and a hit leads to four runs. Tukey's done the job, though. Yeah. Four and a third innings of two-hit, no-run baseball, 
with four strikeouts, and he's thrown 71 pitches yeah, in say, this game. He just struck out Rosario yeah, to get yeah, out he of just, the bottom yeah, of the inning. Yeah, to finish off the inning. So, again, um, you know, he's pitching well. So, good to see. I mean, listen, I, I don't have any angst about, you know, Tuki Toussaint. I mean, it just it didn't work out here, and he was – what what was he? He was part of the Shelby Miller trade, was he not? See, well, where'd they get – didn't they get – did they get Tuki – with from Arizona, or did they get him in that um, trade with the Reds? I think it was. I think it was from Arizona. Was it not part of the Shelby Miller trade? They got uh, Ender RC. They got Ender Inciarte, and they got Tuki Toussaint back in that deal. Did they not for Shelby Miller? I believe so. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, and Dansby, right? Wasn't it Dansby Ender Inciarte, and was Tuki part of all of that? So I can't remember, but um, but anyway, good to see him back uh, pitching at the uh, at the major league level, and uh, so far so good. I mean, he's had a pretty good pretty good night for uh, for the uh, uh, Chicago White Sox, but yeah, their starter was just uh, dreadful. So, all right, speaking of uh, being dreadful, let's get to something that we call what's bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Buggin' Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, oh. The Game. Yeah, so um, it was the Bronson-Arroyo trade that they got uh, that they got Tuki Tucson in. So, okay, so there you go. Um, you know, we saw today that the University of Tennessee got, um, you know, got penalties against them. Um, and this goes back to the Jeremy Pruitt era, right? So there were... Are you ready for this? Now, again, I know a lot of this stuff is nickel and dime, but there were more than 200 individual infractions committed by the school by uh, in, under the uh, Jeremy Pruitt regime. Okay? Now, among the penalties that were handed out, they're placed on five years probation. Okay. Uh, I guess, you know, okay. So... I I, I I guess that's that's a a penalty. Um, let's see here. The um, five years probation uh, among and they also have um, a reduction of twenty eight scholarships. Okay, I mean that's that's maybe a little bit bigger deal, but again, it it doesn't necessarily ruin. But here's the thing. Okay. So what they did do is they fined them $8 million, and that could push closer to $9 million when all is said and done. Now, they said that the $8 million fine, which was the equivalent to the financial impact the school would have faced if it missed the postseason during the 23 and 24 seasons, is believed to be the largest ever levied in an infractions case. Can I ask a question? Okay. This I, I'm just spitballing here. Right. I, I I don't know anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. What exactly does the NCAA do with that money? <laughs> so again, remember when they penalized Penn State for all of the Joe Paterno stuff, right? Yes. And the Jerry mm-hmm. Sandusky? Yep. Okay. So they allowed 
Penn State to go on TV and play in bowl games a year early, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and and they gave them the scholarships back. Okay, what they not give back? The money, the sixty million (laughs) dollars that they took from Penn State, right? Yeah. And now here we go again with here's the NCAA leveling the largest fine, not 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 crushing the program, you know, with two hundred infractions. I mean, with all due respect, and, and again, I know a lot of these kinds of things are nickel and dime, but 200, like that's not an oversight by your SID. That is blatantly doing the wrong thing. It's sticking it in the eye and not caring what they did. Okay? But, hey, we're going to take their money. They love to take other people's money. Aren't they a nonprofit organization? Supposed to be. Oh. Allegedly. Oh. What'd they do with the $60 million from Penn State? What are they going to do with this $9 million? See, they love to grab all the money. They don't like the players to have it. They don't like everybody else to have it, but they love to have it. Oh, yeah. Oh, the NCAA? We're going to have a hell of a Christmas party this year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we're gonna say. have a hell of a we're gonna have a hell of a a, a shindig. Yep. Oh, but you everybody. know, but you know, again, players getting paid. I don't know about all that. Let's drag our feet on all of that. Amateurism. Yeah, amateurism. <laughs> Student athlete. What a farce. What a ridiculous concept. As USC is gonna travel ten thousand miles to play football. But they're student athletes. And I'm going to talk to Matt Merchell coming up at the top of the hour. We talk about this very thing. Student athletes. Yeah. But they get but they're keeping the money. I'll I'll guarantee I'll guarantee you, Dom. Mark my words, okay? In a year or so, they'll give the scholarships back and they'll reduce the penalties. But you know what they won't do? You know what they won't do? They won't give one dime of the $9 million back. They won't give one red nickel of the $9 million back, just like they didn't with the $60 million that they got from Penn State, even though they gave them the scholarships mm-hmm. and they put them on TV and put them in the postseason a year, all of that stuff. But they won't, I guarantee you, they won't say a bupkis about giving any of the $9 million back. Oh, no. that Listen, John, that money's already spent. Sure. <laughs> they of course got, it is. They got it. It's already gone. Of course it is. <laughs> Again, there's, there's a boat on a river or a lake that's being rented right now. Yeah. What a bunch of malarkey. They all, listen, they'll reduce all the penalties, but you know what they will never do? Give any of the money back. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Matt Merchell talking some college football at the top of the hour. Sports Radio 92 on the game, the Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.